This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, it's Casper. And Becky. From the DFWTO podcast. If you've been a longtime listener, you know how much mental health means to us. Mental health actually plays a role in many horror films, especially the final girl subgenre. Whether it's Nancy facing her nightmares and defeating Freddy, or Sydney taking out Ghostface to overcome the trauma of and avenge her mother's death. Not only are horror movies a huge comfort to Casper and I, so is putting our mental health first. And if you agree and you're searching for professional services, let BetterHelp be your guide. BetterHelp will connect you with a licensed therapist who can help you start your journey of self-awareness and discovery. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and convenient for any type of schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get yourself matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just like the final girls that triumph over evil, triumph over your trauma with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com DFWTO and save 10% off your first month when you sign up today. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-F-W-T-O. And remember, guys, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Now let's get into the episode. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. And I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky and tonight fucked up on Wednesdays because... (sighs) Wednesdays are for podcasts and sometimes they are fucked up ones, guys. But uh, you know the drill. Um, We're giving you a trigger warning now. And if you listen to the end of last week, last week's episode, we told you this was going to be about a really, really, really insanely horrid, horrible cult um, that did some pretty, I don't even know, I don't even know, indescribable things. So NSF, not safe for workplace at all, uh, definite trigger warning. Not safe for children. Um, definitely not going to be, I don't really think many of our episodes are safe for kids. I was going to be like, well. You know, whatever. I mean, maybe most of our episodes um, aren't good for kids because I mean, we just throw fuck out all the time. Definitely so. not younger than 13. No. So <laughs> so I actually want to give a shout out to my fiance um, for this episode because she was browsing YouTube one day. Look at you, fiance. Fiance. She was, br- <laughs> she was um, browsing YouTube. God, the wind tonight. It's so distracting. Yeah. Over here, um, we got some stones coming. And there was like a random rain in the middle of the day. Yeah, that was weird. For like no reason. Literal 10 seconds and yep. it was gone. Um, but yeah, so my girlfriend was, my fiance was browsing YouTube and found this YouTube video of this new girl that talks about like really fucked up shit while she does makeup. But she's actually popular, kind of like, she kind of does like what Bailey uh, Sarian does, if any of you know who that is. I like um, videos. Uh, Kendall Ray started off like that, too. But mm-hmm. her and her husband have a Mile Higher podcast that uh, I stopped listening to for a little bit. And then, like, now I've picked up back listening to it again. Because they've had some pretty dope guests on recently. They just did an amazing one, uh, I know we've talked about it before. Please go back and listen to that episode about John Benet Ramsey. But they just had an amazing one where it was the former DA, district attorney at the time in Colorado, uh, that talked about the John because there's been this all new stuff that's come out about the John Benet Ramsey case. So, um, 
Yeah. Shout out to my my higher podcast. I know we've talked about them before and they uh turn her husband Josh and then he does a horror one called Lights Out that mm-hmm. he just started doing recently. Um that's really good. Their most recent episode was about Lake Lanier. Never fucking Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Love Georgia. Hell no, Lake Lanier. Especially if you're black. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. So, um, my fiance and I, we're, we're big on cults, and so is Becky. Yes. We love watching anything to do with cults. Yes. So, of course, she was like, hey, I found this uh, video that says the most fucked up cult you've never heard of, uh, or the worst cult you've never heard of. And she goes, I'm going to save it, and I want to watch it with you. <clears throat> well, we watched it, and I immediately was like, Becky, we need to do a podcast on this, because what the actual fuck did I, I just watch? never heard of this cult before. I was never. really shocked. I'm and, <clears throat> typically up on my on my cult info. I I'm I'm just I watch so many documentaries every day. Just random documentaries about the most random cults. That's how I found out about the the Buddha field when we talk about the Holy Hell documentary. Um, because a lot of times you can just go on. Uh, I know Netflix had a bunch of good ones for a long time now. Tubi, a lot of them have rolled over to Tubi. Um, Prime, uh, Max, formerly HBO Max. If you literally just go, majority of all of these have a documentary section. Hulu even now too, because those Hillsong documentaries were great. If you just go to documentaries, nine times out of ten, the majority of them that are going to pop up are going to be like about cults or uh true crime but normally cults and uh yeah but this one maybe no one wants maybe there's a reason nobody wants to talk about this you one know. or wants to do it i also love the fact that they they are they talked about awful. the fact that the the leader is a taurus you know when when taurus are involved it's kind of like when people are like, there's no serial killers that were Tauruses. Most are Geminis, Virgos, and Cancers. And I'm like, um, H.H. Holmes. When we do shit, we do it big. Apparently. <laughs> and you know, I don't always know if you can go by that. I, I think now knowing more of what we know with astrology. Oh, no, I'm not saying like never, never base anybody's anything on solely their sun sign ever. Don't ever oh do that. Oh, my God. Please don't. I'm just saying. I you just will find straight it funny. Up, you will straight up wind up looking like all these TikToks that make mm. fun of people like that are into it. I know I've seen this. There's a black guy that does one where he's like, uh-uh, no, you're a macaroni. I can't like he just makes up ones like. I can't date, I cannot date a macaroni sun rising. Like, That's my baloney would just, my baloney moon, like, would just not. Like, it's, oh God, I can't even remember who he is. But it's it's shit like that where he just makes it up. And it's like, that's what you sound like. Like, you you sound like you're just making it up. And it's When like, I say what I that. said, I'm saying it because I think it's funny. Oh, it's it always is. It is funny. But it's funny, you're, like, I... I laugh at people that take it seriously. They're like, oh, you're it this? Really well, I can't funny. be around you. Cool. Okay. Did you guys know? And I'll give you guys a great for instance. Here's your little astrology lesson. My son is a Taurus. 
Tauruses are known for not wearing their hearts on their sleeves. They're known for not being emotional. They're known for never showing their emotions. If anybody knows me, they know I am an emotional bitch. <laughs> My moon is a cancer. Don't always put somebody under their sun sign because I'm telling you a moon sign can make about a, a bunch of difference and not to mention every other fucking planet sign. But anyway, I just think it's funny when people are like, oh, like for the most part, I am like, I don't like this. I don't like this for the most part, but I'm not going to meet somebody and be like, oh, you're this. Well, I can't. No, I know. I think it's fair if you've had a grouping of a certain sign that you just have had very negative run-ins. Cancer women. Then <laughs> women for me. Um, what did you say? Leo women. I did not, I heard your. I'm sorry. Like, except my cat. I love her so much. I think she just. Tolerates. I think animals. I think she just. I think animals them. are an exception. <laughs> I love her so much. Um, shout out to my cat. Uh, like. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, but yeah, there's yeah. Yeah. Virgo men. Um Aries men. There's just there I think if you've had enough grouping. Which is actually one, really funny because like, one of my best guy friends is an Aries. It's like just stay away. Just stay away. He's a, stay Chris away. is an Aries. Yeah. Which I'm like, you never would have known that. He's like the nicest. And I'm like, this is where the moon sign comes in. Mm -hmm. You can't always base it off the sun sign. So there's your astrology lesson. I can't stand Scorpio women for the most part. I can't name a Scorpio woman that I'm friends with right now, but it's fine. <laughs> it's really okay. I'm like, oh, I got nothing. It's like when people are like, well, Aries men or Leo women and... They're like, I'm like Scorpio, and they're like, men are women, and I'm like, Scorpios. <laughs> so, <laughs> what we're going to do tonight is we're going to center around mostly the cult leader. Um, we're going to talk about him, give a little bit of his backstory, um, talk about how he got involved with the cult, what the cult was about, how the cult was run, some shit that happened in the cult. And then what ultimately happened to him um, after he was basically caught. And even though uh, Rock Theralt, I think it's Theralt, Theralt, and Theralt, the yeah, like cult itself, the Ant Hill Kids were based in Canada. Um, I would still think they would be well known enough that this would have made it into mainstream news but maybe not who knows um so we are utilizing wikipedia for this this seemed to be most of the information we brought we were able to find in cited sources um so the leader of the cult rock uh theralt he was born may 16th of 1947 he was murdered in prison on february 26th of 2011 and he was the cult leader of the Ant Hill Kids, and also a self-proclaimed prophet under the name. Mo I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Moisey. Moisey, maybe. Maybe. So he founded the Ant Hill Kids in 1977. They were a doomsday cult whose beliefs were based on the Seventh Day Ad Adventist or Adventist. Advent Adventist. Adventist. I always threw that up, and I it's apologize. Okay. <laughs> no disrespect. Uh, church beliefs in April of 1978, 
Geralt was disfellowshipped from the Seventh-day Adventist church. He maintained multiple wives and concubines. He impregnated all female members as a religious requirement, and he fathered 26 children. Those poor kids. Um, his followers, including 12 adults and 22 children, lived under his totalitarian rule at the commune and were subject to severe physical and sexual abuse. Uh, Theralt was arrested for assault in 1989, dissolving the cult, and was convicted for murder in 1993 for the absolutely brutal death of follower Solange uh, Ballard. Uh, that's where the trigger warning comes in. We'll get into that. He had previously killed an infant named Samuel Guaguerri. A lot of these Guaguerri, names are very French. They're very French-Canadian. So. Yeah, this was in the New Brunswick province of Canada. Um, while two of his disciples, Geraldine, Geraldine Gagne, Eau Claire, and Gabrielle Nadeau, died following homeopathic treatments administered to them by him. He received a life sentence, which he was serving when he was murdered, like I mentioned, in, uh, and it was in Dorchester Penitentiary. Him, along with Robert Picton, who we've talked about, the murder on the pig farm, um, another man by the name of Clifford Olson, and Paul Bernardo, if you guys remember that name, that was back on our Ken and Barbie murders uh, episode we did, they are considered the most uh, notorious criminals in Canada since the 1980s. I'm just going to call him Rock. So, Rock was born May 16, 1947, in Quebec, Canada, into a French-Canadian family, family and raised in Thetford Mines. As a child, Rock was considered to be very intelligent, but dropped out of school in the seventh grade and began to teach himself the Old Testament of the Bible. Rock believed the end of the world was near and would be brought on by the war between good and evil. He then converted from Catholicism to Seventh-day Adventist Church, in 1977 and began practicing the denomination's regular holistic beliefs, which encouraged a healthy lifestyle free of unhealthy foods and tobacco. In the mid-1970s, Thoreau, or I'm sorry, I'm still trying to get used to just calling him Rock, convinced a group of people to leave their jobs and homes to join him in a religious movement. He formed the cult in 1977 in Santa Marie, Quebec, with the goal to form a commune where people could freely listen to his motivational speeches Live in unity and equality and be free of sin. That's what they always promise. Mm. It never goes that way. He prohibited the group from remaining in contact with their families and with the Seventh-day Adventist Church as this was against his cult values of freedom. Rock's fear at the end of the world grew, claiming that God had warned him that it would come in February of 1979 and use the commune to prepare for it. In 1978, in preparation, Rock moved his commune by hiking to a mountainside he called Eternal Mountain in St. Saint, Saint Jogues, in the sparsely populated Gaspé Peninsula, where he claimed they... It was were... actually renamed to Hope. Hope. Quebec. That's what we're going to call it, Hope, Hope then. Um, where he claimed they could all be saved. There, Rock made the commune build their, own, build their town while he relaxed, comparing them to ants working in an anthill. Thus, naming the group the Hell Kids. In February 1979, when the apocalypse did not occur, shocking, people started questioning Rock's wisdom, but he defended himself, saying that time on Earth and in God's world were not parallel, and that therefore it was a miscalculation. To expand the community as well as keep the members devoted, Rock married and impregnated all of the women, fathering over 20 children with nine female members of the group, and by the 80s, there were 40 members. And I'm pretty sure... 
that those uh, impregnations were not consensual. I would so, imagine probably not. Yeah, if I had to guess. I think I would say if you're fucking brainwashed and gaslit, those are not consensual. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, no. Just want to um, throw that out there. Any, any, can I also say too, and this goes for literally all of them, because even Scientology can fall under this category. Any fucking religion, cult, belief, whatever, whatever you want to fucking call it. Any of them that start, any of them that two of their main principles have any type of post-apocalyptic views or uh, keeping you from your family and your loved ones because they don't believe in the same thing, run away. Immediately run away. Run that, is not that is not something that is loving or caring or accepting in any way, shape, or form at all. They're trying to keep you from people that love you and they're telling you the world's going to end. No. Something I've learned about real love is that it's not controlling or possessive. So no. if, if you're in any situation where you feel controlled or they're possessing you, get, get out. Get out of it. Um, followers were made to wear identical tunics to represent equality and their devotion to the commune. In 1984, the group relocated from Quebec to a new site near Burnt River, a hamlet in central Ontario, now part of the city, Kawartha Lakes. So following the cult's formation, Rock began to move away from being a motivational leader as his drinking worsened, becoming increasingly totalitarian over the lives of his followers and irrational in his beliefs. Members were not allowed to speak to each other when he was present, when he was not present, nor were they allowed to have sex with each other without his permission. So that's another ginormous size of Jupiter red flag. Um, Rock used his charisma to cover for his increasingly abusive and erratic behavior, and none of the members questioned his judgment or openly blamed him for any physical, mental, or emotional abuse. Um, he began to inflict punishment on his followers that he considered to be straying, by spying on them and claiming that God told him what they did. So that's massive manipulation. Um, Rock would hit them with either a belt or a hammer, suspend them from the ceiling, pluck each of their body hairs individually, or even defecate on them. The anthill That raised... man loves his people. Yep, sure does. Uh, he raised money by living on, um, for a living, by selling baked goods and members who did not bring in enough money were punished. Over time, Rock's punishments became increasingly extreme and violent, including making members break their own legs with sledgehammers, sit on lit stoves, shoot each other in the shoulders, and eat dead mice and feces. A follower would sometimes be asked to cut off another follower's toes with wire cutters to prove loyalty. The abuse extended to the cult's children who were sexually abused, held over fires, or nailed to trees while other children threw stones at them. Um, one of the wives, one of his wives left a newborn outside to die, which is horrific. Um, he attempted to backtrack to the original religious mission of the commune, beginning to strongly believe in purifying his followers and ridding them of their sins through abusive purification sessions where the members would be completely nude as he whipped and beat them. Uh, he claimed to be holy and started performing unnecessary amateur surgical operations on sick members to demonstrate his healing powers. These quote-unquote surgeries included injecting 94% ethanol solutions into stomachs, performing circumcisions on children and adults of the group, 
and in 1987, social workers removed 17 of the children. However, Rock faced no repercussions for his abusive acts. See, and I, I this is where when you when we do episodes like this that are based out of other countries, it's so hard to tell, and especially even giving the time, like what their what their laws are on all of this, like what you don't know. And then if you have um if you have consenting adults that are in this cult, then there's only so much like you can remove the kids, but if adults don't say anything, then there's not much authorities can do. They can come in and, I mean, I guess that's even guilty here in the United States. Like there's only so much you can do if they're not able to prove that you're being abused or held against your will. And then two, a lot of these churches get by, you know, not, they would call themselves a church. They definitely were not, especially with the horrific things they, they did to children. Um, but, and not saying churches don't do horrific things to children either, but they didn't, they weren't like legally a church. And there's a lot of these legal churches. And I, what I mean by legal is they have the tax exempt status here in the United States where they do horrible things to their members and uh, under law, they can turn around and say, uh, especially if they're super litigious and sue happy, say that these were religious practices. And, you know, if they caused, if they caused harm or death to one of their members, then, to, uh, oh, our bad, we didn't mean to, but this session or whatever, whatever that uh, people would see was dangerous or whatever we did to them, beating them, you might look at it as abuse, but these are our religious practices and we have religious sanctions under the law. And, you know, that shit gets really crazy. And that can go state by state too. Yeah. So it just, yeah, I don't know. That's just all, that is just all really fucking wild to me. So unfortunately guys strap in cause it gets worse from here and sorry about the, baby stuff but yeah it gets worse it gets worse <laughs> before it gets better oh wait no it doesn't get better except when he's murdered in prison yeah that was that was that's when it gets better do you mean to read this part i can okay. if you don't want to it i don't mind matter. i don't mind reading it i mean i do but i don't again if you know nine safe trigger warning just letting everybody know. In 1989, it is, first of all, I want to preface by saying it is absolutely in fucking sane what happened to this person. Um, and I hope she is in peace after this fucking insaneness. I mean, I have heard some god-awful, horrible cases of, i.e. the toy box killer. I don't even know oh, yeah. if we can do an episode about Oof. him because that whole entire case just turns my stomach i we probably won't be able to do a case about him i if you guys want to look that up and read about it oh my god i i don't think i could even think rough. even thinking about it now is making me sick to my stomach and that that one is real this is bad mm -hmm. that one is oh i mean you're right yeah it's just it's fine yeah it's fine. Th this one at least we can just get through one like the toy box killer that guy did stuff similar to this to a lot multiple 
He was not These are okay. Horrible, horrible people that all we can hope and pray is that they are burning in the seventh circle of hell. So. Yeah. There you go. So in 1989, when followers Solange Boylard, I believe it's uh, Ballard, Ballard, yeah, complained of an upset stomach, Rock performed yet another amateur surgery without anesthesia. By the way, this man always thought he could ever, he always could fix everything by surgeries. And what is it on the video no, that she said he would always say, say like he was going to do? Um, I can't remember what he called it. He called it something. Yeah, um, I can't remember either. He laid her naked on a table, punched her in the stomach, and then forced a plastic tube into her rectum to perform a crude enema with molasses and olive oil. He cut open her abdomen with a knife, ripped out her part of her intestines with his bare hands. He then made another member, Gabrielle, stitch her up by using needle and thread and had the other woman shove a tube down her throat and blow through it. Um, Boilered? I believe it's Boylard uh, or, or yes, yeah, B-O-I-L-A-R-D, Boylard. So Solange died the next day from the damage inflicted by the procedures, obviously. Claiming to have the power of resurrection, Rock then bored a hole into Solange's skull with a drill and then had other male members, along with himself, ejaculate into her head, head ca cavity. And then he obviously he did not bring her back to life. Her corpse was a very short distance from the Ant Hill's commune. Ant Hill Kids commune. And see, so much of that was brought up in testimonies, but it's I don't know. I don't know if there was ever any and this is even from other and I can't remember if it was mentioned in that in the YouTube thing, if they ever were able to, well, I don't know, even if they were able to find her grave and perform some type of autopsy, who would know unless they saw the hole in her skull, if there were just skeletal remains, um, how all of this, uh, they would have had to have find something because they did... He did. He was ultimately arrested for her uh, murder, but yeah, this guy. There was, was another story awful. about this woman. He did. Um, I don't know if it goes into that. She. Yeah, this is Gabrielle, um, who he mentioned mm -hmm. stitched up Solange. She underwent extremely harsh treatment when she was with him. Um, she suffered welding torch burns to her genitals, hypodermic needles breaking off in her back. Eight of her teeth had been forcibly removed. Uh, so and this, it yeah. doesn't mention it, but her uterus, what did he, did he go in and reach in and grab it and pull it out of her? Is that what he did? Mm -hmm. Where it was a prolapsed, no, she had a prolapsed uterus. It was prolapsed, yeah. And he, he, he didn't pull, he didn't reach up and pull it out. He actually put it in. He put it back in, but it was obviously not correct and super fucked up. And she lived with it like that for a year. Yeah. Wasn't it? He also cut off part of her breast, smashed her head with the blunt side of an axe, removed one of her fingers, and then used a um, cleaver to amputate her arm. He was arrested for her assault in 1989 um, 
after she had fled again and contacted authorities which effectively dissolved the Ant Hill Kids cult. Provincial authorities had long held suspicions about Rock's cult due to the particularly primitive living conditions of the membership. But because the commune was officially registered as a church, okay, see, I didn't, I completely forgot about this. This is exactly what I mentioned. Um, officials were legally unable to investigate the adults and could not do much except ensure the welfare of the children. See, it's exactly what I meant. And obviously the same thing um, applies in Canada. If you're registered legally as a church and you're an adult, there's not much they can say or come in and do if they, if, the leader, quote unquote, says this is part of their church doctrine. Isn't that wild, though, that they can just be like, literally, a fucking sadistic like fuck flat, like this guy flat out ab- like beyond abuse. This yeah, is just like sadistic. So he was found guilty of the assault for uh, amputating Gabrielle's arm. He received a twelve-year prison sentence the vast majority of the cult's followers abandoned him but during his imprisonment he was still able to father another four children with remaining female visitors during conjugal visits uh gabriel's report followed further investigation into rock's actions exposing the wider abuses at the communes and solange's murder in 1993 he pled guilty to second degree murder for the death of solange and was sentenced to life In 2000, he was transferred to Dorchester Penitentiary in Dorchester, New Brunswick, Canada. It's a medium security prison. In 2002, he was rejected for parole as he was considered too high a risk to re-offend and he never applied again. In 2009, he tried to sell his artwork on a United States-based website, murderauction.com, which called itself a true crime auction house and was willing to sell some of Rock's drawings and poetry. The Correctional Service of Canada prevented Rock's works leaving Dorchester Penitentiary and Stockwell Day. The Canadian Federal Public Safety Minister at that time wrote to the Correctional Service to express concern that the killer was benefiting from work in prison. See, I never, I was, I've never been in favor of any of that stuff being sold to give money back to them. Absolutely Absolutely not. not. Like, no. Absolutely not. So on February, yeah, 20th, we get into the good part. This is uh, the good part. You this guys. is actually the good part. So at age 63 on February 26, 2011, Rock was found dead near a cell at Dorchester Penitentiary. His death was believed to be the result of an altercation with his cellmate, Matthew Gerard McDonald, a 60 year old convicted murderer from Port of Port, Newfoundland in Labrador, who was charged with the killing with his killing. McDonald McDonald pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison, having already been serving a life sentence for a previous murder charge. Yeah, this motherfucker said, what do I have left to lose? I don't care. He stabbed Rock in the neck with a shiv, walked to the guard station, handed them the weapon, and proclaimed that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. See, clearly even this guy knew he was a fucked up individual. In the 2002 film Savage Messiah depicts Rock's crimes against his followers and the ensuing legal recourse. The film stars Luck Picard as Rock and Polly Walker as Paula Jackson, the social worker whose investigation revealed the crimes. Gabrielle wrote a memoir of her life in this sect entitled Alliance of the Sheep. And she's still alive, I believe, isn't she? I think she's still alive. 
Oh, that Gabrielle is still alive. Mm -hmm. Um, why I was it? I can't remember if it was in that. If it was specifically in that YouTube one where um, it actually showed uh, what she an interview of uh yeah it was in that youtube video she of her was in now it was an it was a more like modern day one where it showed her now um so i googled her name and there is a picture of her but this article is from 2019 so i don't yeah i don't know this looks like her. Yeah, that's the article I'm I'm on now. But that article is from 2019. Yeah. So yeah, I have I have no idea if she's still alive. She she actually wrote a book. It's in French, but she wrote a book about um her experience of what happened. But it looks like one of the last known interviews uh by her was uh in twenty nineteen. Um but yeah, I'm I'm glad she was able to have some kind of life after. It looks like there's even pictures of her. I don't know if this is maybe at a book signing or people she knows, but she looks really happy now. Thank God. I mean, I'm I'm sure she's I'm sure there are other people who are still alive that had to go through the same things that she had to go through. I mean, there were several people in this cult, so you just pray that, just like her, they um, were able to find some type of peace in their lives. Because it's just, yeah, this is just horrific. It's absolutely horrible. What I just found even more like a list of everything that was done to these people and it's whew, especially the children I just and you know these people knew something was wrong so you know you know and it makes you wonder if um it really makes you wonder if any of this was due to you know I understand he was an alcoholic but I I definitely wouldn't blame all of this on alcohol i think they that... did say that when he was drunk like half the time and when he was drunk he would he was meaner when he was drunk so it's like even when he would start drinking i remember her saying in the video that the the members would run to the forest or try to hide when he was getting drunk so that right. he wouldn't be able to abuse them it definitely sounds like something just snapped though with him like it was already, it was already there, like enough of it was already there, especially with these like insane beliefs he had. Um, so apparently that is how they found out about Solange was they found her grave. So yeah, it's just horrific. I mean, we know these things happen. You know, there's just these 
I think it's it I think when you read things like these though it like brings it back to um a realization that there are people this crazy and capable of things like this and not necessarily in the name of God I I wouldn't even use that I think that's just whether it's God or an alien or whatever it's just whoever they're using as an excuse for their just absolutely fucking sadistic, sadist, just complete masochistic behavior that just has no rhyme or reason or explanation except that it's completely psychotic and that you're just delusional if you're using... that. I think that's why I, I think... Because there's also that like you know, there, there is such a thing as a quote unquote messiah complex. And that definitely comes from a psychotic tendency. So I think if you already take a psychotic mind and you add any type of substance to it, whether it's drugs or alcohol, that's just going to make that psychosis even worse. So even though, you know, maybe he did have a psyche valve, but during his trial, I don't, I don't think that necessarily would have mattered um, as far as sentencing him, but I think just in terms of looking into what type of delusional uh, delusions of, of, yeah, I mean, that can really happen where people can develop this messiah complex, um, especially if they were raised in a really strict religious household where they all of a sudden have this, have what they would call a quote unquote vision that from whoever or whatever they're brought up believing in what they use as God, um, that they are the second coming or they are the Messiah or they are God, they are a God themselves, um, because they take on this very delusional complex of a, of a Messiah. And then, um, you know, if they start preaching that and then people start believing them and then now you've got a cult and there you go. And then if you're adding substances, because nine times out of 10, most of these cult leaders are on some type of substance. They're either, it's it, some type of mind altering, usually it's acid or something like that, LSD, um, but this guy just drank heavily, but still, I mean, if you're already delusional, you're not, you know, you don't have a healthy brain to begin with. And then you're just adding alcohol on top of that. Um, but I think it's also, and then on top of that, I think him also knowing that he had so much control over this cult that he could take it as far as he could without anybody saying anything. Cause that's another thing that happens too, just like in an abusive relationship. This is why cults and abusive relationships are so similar with the gaslighting and the love bombing and the, and the whole, and the lying and the manipulation and the whole thing. It's when they get to where, when they see how hard they can or how far they can push um, to test you to see if you'll leave or if you'll ultimately break. And that was definitely something that uh, Rock did in this cult. I mean, he did the most horrific things to people and they still didn't leave. So to give you guys a little bit more of a backstory of his early life, um, 
He was the second of seven children and the oldest boy. Mm. At the age of six, um, the family of this boy, who would later say he played with wild bears, moved the family to the community of Thetford Mines, which is what we had said. The town's local school went up to seventh grade. None of the uh, Theralt kids went any further, not even Rock, who was bright, outgoing, and seemed to enjoy learning. Although he would later describe his parents, particularly his father, as abusive, his father denies ever having beat him, and even in his youth, Rock himself almost never complained about his home situation. So his father was a laborer and devoutly religious and a member of the, um, it's French, but it's a Catholic fascist offsuit of the Depression era movement um, between Mass and his father's four door-to-door white beret literature distribution campaigns. Rock developed an abiding hatred for Catholicism in particular and organized religion in general. He was given little to complain about as a child, passing a relatively uneventful adolescence, but as he grew older, he discovered that complaining about his childhood was a great way to get sympathy. Between this and his interest in a number of topics gave the illusion of a penetrating intelligence for which he was often praised, even by psychiatric evaluators after his ultimate arrest. He came to crave attention. This desire was readily satisfied by his physical presence and his penchant for showmanship. He also found spirituality was very attractive. On November 11, 1967, he married Francine Grainer, a girl from the town next over. They moved to Montreal, and over the next three years, she gave him two sons, Rock Jr. and Frank Coy. During this time, Rock Sr. developed severe ulcers, which had to be excised surgically and later developed complications from the surgery. The persistent discomfort of his digestive system fostered a certain irritability on Theralt's part. He also became obsessed with medicine, taught himself a great deal about anatomy, and moved his family back to Thetford Mines, where he began developing his skills with woodworking. He be- woodworking. He became involved in municipal politics and joined um, a French analog to the Shriners, a group which he suburbed for use as his personal platform for a parody of Catholicism. Despite the Catholic roots of all other members, he was also acquired a new interest in sex, one which was not entirely appreciated by his wife or his in-laws. He also took to drinking heavily. He was using amateur wood sculpting sales as an excuse to go out of Thetford Mines for Quebec City on the weekends to carry on trysts with women he met there. Giselle was such woman. Eventually, Thoreau's finances gave way. The local credit union repossessed his Thetford Mines residence. Francine washed her hands of him and Rock took up with Giselle. Although he was having sexual congress with her on a regular basis to keep up appearances, he made a bed in the back of his truck. So that it would appear his sculptures or his scruples forbade him from sleeping with a woman to whom he was not married. And this was around the time he discovered the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Um, so he was already kind of like, it was almost like he was sort of raised in a cult, yeah. too. Whether or not his dad was abusive, it's like he was definitely raised in, in a type of cult and had no formal education past the seventh grade. It was just sort of like teaching himself things as he went along um he began following adventist nutritional structures and quit drinking his enthusiasm for god's work began to unsettle the other adventists um and his boastfulness irritated those who knew as his limited education he became fascinated with the old testament its strict codes of masculine authority he was also fascinated with the apocalypse and its message of violent retribution for sin in the end times so then to make money, he began selling Adventist literature door to door. When he proved himself capable in the enterprise, he began giving him workshops 
on quitting smoking for Theralt to run a traditional gateway for Adventist evangelism. He soon pr proved to excel at this and amassed himself to a number of followers where a lot of the people that we discussed are listed there. Um, he began, they began hanging around Giselle's apartment. Most of the girls still living with their parents. The whole group would spend a weekend crashing at Giselle's. And basically, long story short, this kind of led to him creating his own group of people. Because he had already so many followers. Yeah. Where was that article? Or... Um, this is Murderpedia. Nice. Yeah. Found some pretty good information from there in the past, too. I know we utilized them a lot on that Ted Bundy episode we did. Uh, yeah, oh, that was... That, that episode... Not, not that episode. The, um... This is an old, that was an old one. It was our Dahmer episode. We used Murderpedia a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah, because I gave a lot of information. Yeah, if you guys want to read, like, it's very extensive reading about Murderpedia him. goes into a, if you've ever wanted to learn a backstory about different serial killers, they go really extensively into their, like, family history and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, that... That pretty much goes to show that, so he was essentially raised in the cult, which was, like, started from pieces of a religion, and then he sort of took pieces of a religion and started his own cult. Um, he basically went from a cult to a cult. Yeah. But he had power over his, so. If you guys want to do extensive reading, it's it's very lengthy, but you'll find out more information on him. On Murderpedia. And again, I think it's one of those things that goes back into, um, it's, and it's part of that power. He, he just, he kept pushing. He kept doing more and more and more things. Like, let's, let's see how far I can take it. Like, oh, I can have sex with this many women. I can impregnate this many women. I can abuse you. How far can I take the abuse? Oh, I can abuse the kids. How far can I take the abuse on the kids? Like, oh, I can murder someone? Like, how far can you take it before, you know? Well, no one would say anything, so. Gabri well, God Gabrielle. bless Gabrielle. I mean, not only to save herself, but save the rest of them who, you know, like we said afterwards, there, there were only four, those four women that were still brainwashed and came to see him and had more children with him, but everybody else left, uh, you know, so that just, that went to show you a vast majority of people, not just Gabrielle wanted to get the fuck out, but she was the only one brave enough to, to finally stand up and say, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to die like this. I don't want to end up dead like what happened to Salon. She really got with Vicky. She got with Vicky and got the I think I think she was afraid that what happened to Salon was going to happen to her too. I think that's what eventually happened because more of the abuse started settling on her specifically like he singled her out um you did say that lights out did an episode on this didn't you i thought they did they did it's showing up okay yeah. um I, I, was gonna reference... I did not i did not watch that episode i, I was gonna reference the og uh youtube video that we found which was the worst cult you've never heard of her name was danielle kirsty she gives a nice concise thing kind of like we just did on the cult 
And uh, just like Becky mentioned earlier this episode, um, shout out to Lights Out. They also did a YouTube video of it as well. I'll have to watch that one. Because I, I want to watch it now too. I do not remember it. And if I did watch it, I'm pretty sure if I did watch it, I would have remembered. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think it's safe to say I did not. Because my goodness, this, this one sticks in your fucking head. <laughs> I'm laughing because I've looked up the video and there's a video popping up that says what's inside an ant hill. By I can only science. imagine if you type in ants on <laughs> YouTube, even though there's a specific thing you're looking for, um, how many things about ants are going to just pop up randomly. Um, this was a very interesting episode. Uh <laughs> I don't know what you guys thought about it. Um, if this was something new for you, congratulations. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. You are totally welcome. Um, <laughs> we are definitely going to keep talking about cults. Um, we realized that we we'll barely talked about one them, as crazy so. as this one. Uh, I know, right? We kind of set the bar high, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've we've talked about Manson. We've got a couple. We've never really taken it that far though to really go over um yeah we've never actual in-depth details dealt that deeply into um i'd like to do some that aren't as well known kind of like this one yeah, yeah um i think that's yeah, part we, of the reason why we haven't done a lot because i think right. the ones that are like super well known have just been done over and over again and i and uh, there's some great documentaries we could reference that we could find some episodes for sure. Um, or we, that we could do some episodes, find topics for some episodes, rather. We definitely um, want to start doing cults more. Cults. So we've already talked about it, even just before this episode, that we want to start doing at least one a month where we start talking about cults because we both are kind of obsessed with finding out more about certain, like, all cults. So doing episodes about it is fine with me. Nothing like this one to set it off. I think not only that, but also the correlation between cults and religion, religion, abusive uh, relationships. It's especially so knowing that I actually was raised in a cult, and it's one that I'm sure you guys have all heard of, which is just Baptists. Scientologists so, are definitely a cult. Scientologists are. Oh my god, for sure. Like, I feel like um, certain parts of Christianity. Organized religion is a cult. Period. Don't get me on that soapbox. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is what um, we hope you got. I don't know if you, we can say we hope you enjoyed that. Um, I know. I, these are always those episodes <laughs> where it's like, I just, I don't like to say that. So at the I'm end like, of it, it's kind of like, so no. there's that. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> So there's that. So there's that. So uh, you're welcome. Um, you're yeah. sleeping. Go watch. Go watch funny things. Go watch happiness. Oh, and I always recommend after we have episodes like this that you by all means go watch something either really really funny or really really heartwarming, like yes. either a comedy, any of that, or a Disney movie. Yes, just something. Pure love and joy in your brain and in your heart after the horribleness of yeah. this. 
Anyway. Um, but yeah, so thanks again, um, Alex, yeah. for that um, suggestion. And thanks, Danielle, for your YouTube video that sparked this. Um, and yeah, we will definitely be diving more into cults. And just like Becky said, we really want to choose ones that are kind of offshoots that not a lot of people have heard of because it makes it more interesting. And I like learning new stuff about cults. Oh, for sure. Same. This one was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was crazy, it was, you it almost I, gets into your brain where you I, forget you're talking about a cult I, and you yeah, think you're talking about a serial killer. Like this did not happen. Oh, it did. What? Um, Alex actually asked like, me. Is this after even we real? That, she's like, "How are you okay?" And I was like, "Because my brain honestly thought I was listening to someone talk about a movie." That's what it is. I'm like my brain. Is that it's so crazy? You just have to convince your convince yourself it isn't real as you're listening to it that it's not real. Yeah, because you're just like, okay. Um. Anyway, I'm going to watch Lilo and Stitch after this. Um. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Moana. Um. Like I need to watch something. Else. Calls me. <laughs> um. <laughs> So I'm excited to tell you guys the new little bit, little series that we're going to start doing um, on the podcast. Chernobyl actually started this. Yes. Uh, We are going to start doing little episodes where we talk about a tragedy or a real event that sparked a film. And we're going to talk about the tragedy itself and we're going to talk about the film itself and then we'll talk about paranormal things if it's happened. Um, Chernobyl really sparked that. I, we both very much enjoyed doing that episode where we talked about the real thing. We talked about the film, the differences of the real event and the film and some of the paranormal things that's going on there. And there's so many places we could talk about and so many events that we could talk about that it's really an endless plethora. And I think it's going to be really fun to start doing a series of that. So we are actually going to start doing an episode of month about that. And next week we're going to start it off. Well, I guess technically Chernobyl did. But next week we're going to do our next episode in it where we're going to talk about Silent Hill. And we're going to talk about Centralia, which is the event, uh, the site of the event that happened that sparked um, the movie Silent Hill. So, yes, we've on uh, we talked about this. Uh, one of our early, early, early episodes on our road trip coming back from Salem, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, and Fall River, Massachusetts, um, driving through Centralia, and it was really crazy. The place is really creepy, and I will um, never go back there. Personally, there was just a ridiculous. There was <laughs> just a lot of craziness that happened where Casper had a whole moment where I felt like mentally I just lost her. Like she was just gone. Like she just wasn't even there. The, the crazy um, thing is, is that I remember it. I remember not being me, like feeling myself, but I didn't feel like myself. And we'll go into it more. I know we talked about it in the episode and we'll talk about it more next week too. You don't feel like... You know, you're not only are you in a really remote part of Pennsylvania, there's like literally nothing around. Once you're there, it doesn't feel real. So I think it's really plausible that if you let yourself and I there's some type of portal or vortex there too that I think would explain what happened to Casper and I think it could explain what a lot of people have felt going there because it doesn't feel 
it feels like you're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you're here. You feel well, the like weirdest thing about it too not... is that it was foggy that day, so it it literally just kind of completed the whole thing. And it was like the moment we went in there and the moment we went out, it was like night and day. Yeah, night and day. It was absolutely insane. So it's that's another really cool thing about this one because we actually have been to Centralia. So it's that was be... the other reason why I wanted to talk about it. Um, there is also a. I don't remember where this originally aired, but this was on top of our um, having been to Centralia and uh, also talking about the Chernobyl episode that we did um, in comparison to the real tragedy in the movie that it was based on. Um, there is a really great show that is now on Tubi. Uh, it was a two-parter. It's called Real Fear, The Truth um, Behind the Movies. And there were two of them done. Um, I found them on Tubi. It was an early show that Katrina Weidman of um, Paranormal Lockdown and Portals, Portals to, to Hell, Hell with Jack Osborne. And if you're OG, OG, um, Paranormal uh, State. Paranormal State. State. Um, but yeah, she did this show where she did basically a road trip with other paranormal investigators to places exactly like we're talking about. She even has a connection connection with Centralia. I'll send you the link. She even has a connection with Centralia. Um, so it literally, they go and visit, uh, places that, uh, movies were based on, like real life places where real life things happen. So, um, I got it. Yeah. You guys should check out the show for sure and watch it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to talk about Silent Hill because it's a really good movie. So and I can't wait to rewatch Silent Hill because I haven't watched Silent Hill in a million years. Same here. <laughs> and if you, if you know, I'm still kind of pissed about the fact that Silent Hill's PT was supposed to be coming out as a video game and it got fucking canceled because two fucking men were in a my dick is bigger than your dick fight over the stupid rights to shit. Like what everything's happening right now? Um, you right, but I had to find out on my birthday that that game got canceled, and I was—I had never been more scared of a video demo of a game demo when I was stoked for that game, and then they're like, <laughs> "Psych." So anyway, all right, guys. Well, that will be next week's episode. So go watch uh, Silent Hill, and um, and prepare and prepare um, preparation. It's really funny too because if you did not know this, fun fact, real quick, just and to let watch you know, that on Tubi. Yes, because they visit Centralia, so it's kind of cool if you've never seen any footage. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, so Silent Hill is not actually fog; it's ash. There you go. There's your lesson. Go, go learn why. So anyway. <laughs> So we hope you guys have a wonderful week. Uh, of course, you can follow us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the DFWTO podcast. Um, handle is DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, want to say hey, you can email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Also, um, give us a follow and a subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean, and you'll always know when we put that new episodes out. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, go watch Happy Things. Go, yeah. Go watch please. Happy Things. Do Happy Things. Enjoy whatever time of day, morning, afternoon, evening. 
We love you with guys. With all the happy things. All we the happy things. <laughs> we're done. We're done being sad and fucked up today. Yeah, no. All right, we love you guys. Remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. Okay, bye. <laughs>